Well, welcome to Shifties, everybody. My name is Wallace. Oh, no, we're doing this again. Sorry, it's not. It's Joey. <laughs> I'm Wallace. I'm Gerald. You said we aren't doing this again. Oh, we're not we're doing this again. Uh, my name's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and with us today is... Alana. Alana is a superstar hostess at the restaurant that she and I work at, which will forever go unnamed. And uh, we brought her on today to talk about how to run a door. One one wise person once said to me that you can figure out an entire night of a restaurant, how it will go, and where all the problems were just by looking at the door. And I found that very profound. And so uh, for context, Alana, you're more than just a regular host. You are uh, a manager in some sense. You have a, a god card that can do godlike things on POS systems. <laughs> and uh, that's, I think, pretty different from what one would typically expect of a host. So first, what I want to know, I'm sure what we all want to know, really, is what's the difference between what one would consider a standard host in a restaurant and what you do as a, a senior host at our place? Um, so at our place, a senior host is basically a floor manager because they don't want to pay a floor manager. <laughs> um, nice. So... I have a manager card. I have all manager functions in Aloha. I program Aloha. I do scheduling. Um, I do the sales reports in the morning and check all the server drops. Um, I am effectively the GM on Sunday and Monday when the GM is not there. Um, and then there's there are girls who are like regular hosts who just run open table and seat um, people in the restaurant like most restaurants would. Most restaurants don't have a host doing all of those manager duties, probably for the better. <laughs> what does the GM do when the GM is in the building, if you're still doing all of those things, like sales reports? <laughs> um, well, our GM is a little different because she runs two restaurants simultaneously. That's true. So she essentially needs me to be her because she can't be in two places. So she predominantly sense. runs... The other one while you run your restaurant, or does she just kind of have a bunch of minions? She literally runs across the street in the middle of service. Wow. So she's working both restaurants at the same time. At the same time. Tuesday through Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday, she's just not there, and it's only me. So at the other restaurant, is there a counterpart to you? Do they have, like, two of these, like, power hosts on either side? Ooh, I like that. Yes. Um, And across the street, it's a guy um, who actually just does not want to do any of it. Mm. He just wants to sell wine. Like, he's trying to become a sommelier. So he just doesn't do anything managerial. Mm. Um, so I actually end up having to help him a lot. And that's the other thing. Like, we're all cross-trained, so I effectively work at both restaurants, too, and find myself running across the street in the middle of service. What is the type of thing that necessitates you running to the other restaurant? Like, do you get a phone call and it yes. just says, it's on fire! Yes. Or something? No, literally, you get a phone call from the other restaurant and the person's just like, hey, do you have a moment? And it's usually a very, like, scared new host who's like, oh, no. I don't know what's going on. Um, or it's the chef, um, who, as you know, is a kind of aggressive Italian man hmm. um, who's like, no one's running food. Like, come help run food. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. And they call you? Yeah. You've never seen me, like, bolt across But not to go run food. Yeah, that's not what I thought. Yeah. No way. Or, like, and it's not even to, like, run food, but, like, to make other people run food. Or, oh, or oh wow. Food. Or, like, that's so bad. they'll be out of, or, or, so, like, the other night, our espresso machine broke, right? Mm-hmm. So I was running back and forth across the street running espresso from the other restaurant. That's so intense. During dinner. But you would put in espresso orders? So I would call the other restaurant, and I'd be like, I need three espressos in five minutes. And then I would go to the table and tell the table, I'll be right back. And then literally go out our, the, the side door and run across the street with a tray and go get the espressos. And come so back. servers... Is it raining? Yes! <laughs> servers and would I had come like to a, you <laughs> and <laughs> ask you for it. espresso. They would say like, hey, our espresso machine is broken. Call the other restaurant? Yes. That's crazy. Not it's just, hey, no, no espresso for the rest of the night, guys. Sorry. Like, like, that, that is actually crazy. You're walking to <laughs> an espresso order across. Is this, that has to be like a health code violation or well, something. Well, so I put a linen over it. Like, oh, okay. Tra- like, I try my... Th- I mean, it probably is. Maybe that's the origin of, like, those little cocktail umbrellas. Is they were back <laughs> in the day when the cocktail machine broke. You know? <laughs> Keep the rain out of your cocktail. Yeah. Um... 
That is insane. Or like yesterday morning, someone was opening, um, oh shoot. It's okay, we can edit. You can edit that? Um, <laughs> someone was opening the other restaurant and I had no idea like where the bar card lived or like how to open the office or like where the paychecks live. So like I went across the street and like had to show her where all that was. And this happens all the time. So. I was going to ask you for a rant, but... That was, <laughs> Not that was a That was those are some amazing rants right really? there. So wow, I didn't even know all that network there too. I get to come in Jeez. early on Saturday and show everyone how to do the paperwork from both restaurants because apparently no one can do it correctly, like the sales reports. Yeah. So I attribute that you are more or less competent in all of this despite your, your how old are you, 22? 23. 23? Yeah. I mean, we're all... 24, almost almost 24, and we're all hardly competent like that. So, you must have had some training elsewhere that was good. And I know for a fact you work in the Danny Meyer, Danny Meyer, Daniel Meyer, Danny Meyer restaurant in New York called Mylino. Mylino. Little pig. Your Lino. My little pig. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? How come you can call things Italian words? That would sound terrible in English, but it sounds super good. The best was when people would call and ask if we had kosher options. And I'm like, it's literally called Little Pig. Like, <laughs> don't think so. So did you fill the same role there? Um, yes. I was hired to just be a host initially, but I worked there for almost two years. And like over the course of time, they just like, gave me more and more responsibility when they realized I wasn't an idiot, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, That's always nice. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was in school, so like I just took it as a job to pay bills, and then they're like, "Hey, like you can actually do things." And so I effectively did the same thing there, but I was paid more like a manager because they had like a stricter style of payout. Like managers couldn't be like tipped out, so you actually had to have like a different sort of wage. Whereas hmm. at um, the restaurant we work at now, I'm I'm a regular tipped out employee, which is interesting. Which so, one's better? I mean... Depends. If we're really, really busy um, at this restaurant, like, I can make as much, if not more, than a server because I also get tipped out on private parties that I book. Ooh. So that's, like, the one benefit of doing it this way. Um, and also because, yeah, but then if it's slow, I kind of get screwed. Yeah. That's the one, like, sad part. Like, especially when I work, like... The Sunday Monday shifts by myself and it's super slow and I'm doing all the managerial stuff but I'm getting paid like slightly more than minimum wage like sometimes during a lunch shift if no one's there that sucks so yeah that would really suck but so what's what's the pressure like working in a restaurant of that quality in New York um, it's a lot higher than in Seattle <laughs> um, <laughs> New Yorkers in general are a lot pickier a lot ruder and they want their service like they don't want to talk to you like people in seattle want to talk to you yeah. like mm -hmm. they want to feel like you're your friend and like yeah they they expect a lot less service wise they put more personality in new york it's the opposite like everything has to be perfect like if you ran food and one person like you ran three out of the four dishes and that fourth person was sitting there without a dish like in new york that's unacceptable especially mm. like at a danny meyer restaurant and, like, they have rules about serving from the left and, like, all of, like, stuff we break all the time. Right. What you're actually supposed to do in a fine dining place. Exactly. Yeah. No one cares about that. It's on the way out. Although I've lived people, in Seattle my whole life, so there's no bias. Well, also, I feel like the prices in New York, like, people expect a lot more because everything's just, like, through the roof expensive. So it's, mm. like, if you're going to pay for it, like, I guess yeah. you should have it done properly. I guess we complain about Seattle, but we have no idea how bad it is over there. Yeah, I, I would say so. Or, like, there's, like, weird picky things that, like, people also care a lot about the rules of fine dining in New York just because there is a lot more fine dining. Like, we don't mm -hmm. have Michelin star restaurants in Seattle, but, like, they're all over New York, and people spend premium to go there. And so I feel like people who work in the service industry there care a lot more about the rules and all the, like, little details. Like, the claw, like, grabbing glasses with your hand like a claw. Like, that is something I'd always done in restaurants in Seattle. And when I moved to New York, they were like, that's absolutely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Like, no one should ever do that. And I was like, okay. Or yeah. even language. Like, people in Seattle don't aren't as picky about the way that you speak to guests, I would say. Like, you can say, hey, you guys, and people don't really get upset. But if you said that in a fine dining restaurant in New York, like... Wow. 
manager would snap. I'd I couldn't like, do it. I, I've, I just joke around the whole time. I show up and I'm joking, and I'm, at the very end, I'm joking. Or like the word customer. I had to get out of the habit of saying customer because apparently that's like low class. Like you're uh, supposed to say only guest. Right. The guest is the only appropriate word to use. The customer's always right just sounds better than the guest. Guest is always right. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I would I totally agree with that, but stupid little things like that. To me, it's stupid, but a lot of people care and say it really makes a difference. Hmm. Uh, I think there is something to that uh, because when the standard is that high, then little slip-ups aren't going to happen as much, and that means big slip-ups aren't going to happen as much, in my opinion. Like the, mm-hmm. if, the, if your focus is so directed the whole time and it's so consistent, then if you're frazzled or in the weeds or whatever, that stuff is just so habitual that you're not mm-hmm. going to miss a setting or drop something from the wrong side it's gonna mess with it because there there are reasons for all that you know you surf yeah. from the left because people are right-handed and they yeah. you don't want you will never want to reach across somebody or get stabbed in the port you know there's <laughs> you don't you don't do the claw because you're putting your fingers you're in the rims of glasses, glasses even if they're dirty right. um, they're gonna go in the wash it just looks unappetizing so there are there are good reasons but it's also nice to not have to really care yeah mm-hmm. but it's also nice when the rest of us really care and you do it anyway because then you look like a baller I honestly don't even. <laughs> know the whole surf from the left rule i like know it but i don't i just have never followed those rules so i'm not even sure what that's supposed to look like well like you think about it like you're kind of hugging a person this yeah. way like from this side you come in and like your protein should be on the right side of the plate is that correct yeah. so you come in from like behind this, this is really riveting talk time <laughs> you drop with you your own around dropping with your right hand with your left hand with your left hand, left hand oh, in left hand. and you serve around the left side of the person right in front but if you're picking up three plates, you're carrying two on your left hand and one you, on your you right. You bust from the right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bust from, bust from hmm. the right. That's what I Drop was taught. Left. I was taught that even here when I was busing at Piatti, which is like oh, yeah. not a really nice Italian restaurant, but like they're like, oh yeah, we want to do these like levels of service thing. Or like do them when you can because mm-hmm. like you can't always drop food off from the left. You know, what if someone's sitting up against a wall? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to go from the right Especially side. Especially in our restaurant. Yeah, like, for There real. are tables where you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of those places in Seattle where they kind of scatter the tables around a little bit and put them in little nooks and crannies so it's even harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they'll sacrifice service for volume. Yeah, which is what we do primarily. (laughs) At at the other place, was it set up so that there was no obstruction to you doing proper service? Like there's no tight corners or anything? It was literally built with proper service in mind. That's that's much nicer. But like they had the option to, I think, do that. Like, this guy owns a lot of restaurants in New York, so uh. I'm sure, you know. I think a lot of places in Seattle weren't necessarily built to be restaurants either. They just were like, yeah. here's a building that's in a cool spot for a restaurant. Let's put tables in it. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, works. here's the thing. The restaurant we work in, they designed that because, like, that building didn't exist a couple years ago. And it's still not built for proper service. That's true. Like, there are poles everywhere <laughs> that you, like, can't reach around and that everyone hates and makes it really awkward Dude. to see people. I call it the fat corner. Because the if there's a fat person sitting in that <laughs> yeah. corner, half that table ain't getting to you. You're passing shit down, man. There is no way you can get back there. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, our booths. Our booths are horribly designed. Like, oh, oh, yeah. It's atrocious. It's like, sorry, person whose water glass is way down there. Yeah. Like... If you're in a conversation, you're you're not getting water because I'm not gonna interrupt you. Like, here's no. a water bottle. No. Sorry, man. Especially when your arms are like this short, and I'm like, yeah. nope, it's not happening. But. Oh, also cold cut. The other thing, do you know about open face service? And that's like your standard for everything. That's why you use your left hand for the left and your right hand for the right. Your your body should never cross face to the guest. You're mm-hmm. always chest open. Yeah. And if you just that's if that's like the golden rule that kind of colors everything else that you do, you should keep that in mind. Um, my understanding. Anyway, Whenever I break the rules, I'll always say something like, all right, I'm going to break the rules a little bit. <laughs> only if I know they're chill. Yeah. Like, only if I know they're immediately going to be like, oh, we don't care. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, if I already have a rapport with them, I'll do whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, my, my whole fine dining guys drops as soon as that the table's cool. Yeah. Then they're, then they're homies, you know? I do, like, a softball joke, and if they just, like, smash that, then I'll, <laughs> then I'll keep it coming. <laughs> they give me that look, I'll be like, all right. So, the other cool thing about your restaurant is that you were the first restaurant in the country 
Yeah, yeah or so he, he she was piloted the idea of the automatic 20% gratuity added to every bill, no matter what. So eliminating tipping, essentially. Um, and he compensated with like raising prices on menus as well. Um, and he did it across all of his restaurants, including the one I worked at. Um, and he still, as far as I know, does only that in all of the establishments he owns. So of that automatic 20%, what was the tip-out ratio? Um, for the host, it was like 1%. For bussers, it was another 1%, I want to say. And then the kitchen as a whole got 5%, but then that was broken down between different stations and positions. And then a good chunk of it was retained by the house for benefits because you had full benefits, 401k, and like um, paid time off because of the 20%. And hmm. then the last chunk, I cannot remember where it went. But the only thing was I know that nothing, no one who had any sort of manager status could claim any of that tip. I think that's illegal, actually. Right. So, like, at one point, I was, like, phased out of it. But it was really nice because, like, base wage in New York, like, before they raised it to minimum wage, was, like, eight fifty. So it really made a difference in terms of hospitality jobs there and getting paid a fair wage. Sure. With benefits. With benefits. And, like, everyone had to be making at least, like, his rule was at least 15 an hour, um, if not more, after that 20% was divvied up. So what did the servers walk with after that was tipped out? That's a great question. I mean, it was New York, so they were making bank. Bank. Because um, there's a large restaurant, high turnover too, because like I said, people don't linger like they do here. <laughs> like it's turn and burn pretty right, much right. always. Mm-hmm. Um, at least where we were, it was always turn and burn. So like I knew servers who were making like 8K a year working at this restaurant. Wow. Which is insane, and especially in New York. Even when they're getting totally screwed on their tip out, wow. Right. That's incredible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, did they walk with like 12% of that service charge? I think. I can't remember exactly how much it broke down because it's been a while, but um, they were making good money. Although I also know that like at other restaurants, like in his restaurant group, that a lot of people quit over it because they said that they were making substantially less. Like one girl claimed she was making like 10K less, so she quit. I, I think that's right mathematically. I mean, you can say it evens out in terms of benefits depending on what you use, but... Oh, unequivocally, you're making far, yeah. far less. Like, um, she told me she was making 60K at this other restaurant that he owned um, before he implemented it, and then she went down to 50K. So. I believe that. I have regulars that tip me well above 20% every yeah. single time they come in. And mm-hmm. if you say to them, I mean, they might still tip cash on top of it. Yeah. But you're just eliminating that factor of, like, having a really good night because of, like, even just random stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gotten $100 tips every now and then. And it's like, all right, cool. That would not happen if there was an automatic gratuity. I mean, I think the most obvious difference you see is that people don't work half as hard mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they know that there's an automatic gratuity. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so true. Like, when people know that it's guaranteed, um, there's just... There's no reason to work as hard. That's weird, because mm-hmm. the restaurant I used to work at, we had about 20% gratuity, and I almost feel like I felt more pressure with the gratuity, because then people mm. would get pissed, like if something mm. if something was wrong, or like if they thought that it wasn't warranted, or something like that, people would get extra mad, but when it's their choice, I found that people were more inclined to like tip well, because they knew they didn't have to, that it was expected of them. It's easier to feel bad about not tipping than it is to feel bad about, like, an automatic 20%. Like, that's easy. That's just so easy to get pissed over. I think it's... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, well, the one thing is that we couldn't take the 20% off if something went wrong. Mm. There were, like, legalities around it, which mm. I'm not exactly clear on, like, how it breaks down, but because it was, like, a guaranteed part of your wage and it also went towards things like benefits... And, like, the kitchen as well. It wasn't one of those things where, like, a manager could just take it off the bill if Mm. the guest was really unhappy. And that's, that's like, a huge problem. Like, that's where Mm. I think people people then have to, like, start cleaning up their act. Because that's the one time where, like, everything goes to crap. (laughs) Well, that brings us to our word of the week. (laughs) Auto-gratuity. Big explanation needed here. Gratuity meaning your tip. And auto meaning... Automatic. 
who is one of Optimus Prime's robots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think the last point I'll have about that is I think there's elements both true. You certainly, like, for example, when we autograph parties of six or more at our place, I know, oh, they're in the bag. As long as I don't fuck up and make their night bad, mm-hmm. as long as I go through the motions, I'm guaranteed this money. So, yeah, if something goes bad for somebody and they have autogratuity, totally, they'll be more pissed. But, by and large, as long as their service is just normal and standard, no one's going to complain. So, the counter is that you no longer have to go above and beyond to earn that. And so I think you're just going through the motions with everybody. You can kind of check out a little bit more and be less engaging and therefore provide, in my opinion, worse service because um, you can get complacent with this. Yeah, you have to avoid fucking up more, for sure, to not piss people off, but two sides of that coin. What do you guys prefer? Dude, screw autograph. I actually take... I, for, for parties that I could autograph, now I don't anymore. Because we actually, our autograph only autographs the subtotal, for, and people always tip on the tax because yep. they don't really look at it, so I'll just take that, you know? Um, and because I trust myself enough to usually get better than 20% with big parties sometimes. Um, anyway, so we, we kind of touched on this earlier, but moving on. Um, man, what is, what is the most BS you have ever dealt with as a host? This could be coming from a server or from a guest, from an owner per se. Um, <laughs> give me some stories. <laughs> Should I tell the, the shut up one? Um, yes. That's up to you. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, Lord it's knows, They can never hear this. Um, so, one of the weird things about the restaurant that we work at is that it's very slow on Saturdays and Sundays, as I was sort of mentioning, with, like, Sunday, um, lunch shifts in particular, but Saturday as well. So, we run with a single server who is also the bartender. Whoa. Um, and, ju- and me and a busser, and that's it. Um, the GM is usually never in. The owners typically aren't in. Um, and, like, the kitchen's pretty spare, too. It's, like, the sous chef and, like, one or two line cooks, and that's it. Mm. And we usually will only do a few covers. It's fine. And then occasionally we'll get a day where, like, 50 people walk through the door, and there's only a single server who's also making the drinks. And then that at that point I just start taking tables. And one Sunday that was happening, and we had, I think, think like 55 people in the restaurant split between the two of us um and everything was fine and then towards the end of the service the owner walked in and the owner was not on as he would say at the time he was dining out with some young girl and just sat in the back and like didn't say anything was watching us kind of like run around like chickens with their heads cut off um and then at some point came up to me and was like what's going on? Why is it so chaotic? And I was sort of like, well, you know, like we're, we're understaffed right now. Um, but we're making it work. Like everyone's getting, everyone's getting service. Um, and he's like, no one's at the front door because it's very important to them. There's like someone to greet people, someone to answer questions, someone to like keep checking open table. Not that that's really all that important. Um, and sort of, yeah. Um, and basically went off on me as to why there were more people scheduled and I don't I do all schedule shifts but I don't I don't actually like formulate the entire schedule that's actually the GM's job and so I'd sort of said oh well I I didn't do the scheduling like we've always run with one server one who's also the bartender but I can bring it up to with the GM next time and like mid-sentence he cuts me off and he's like sometimes you just need to learn to shut up and smile and I was just like man like he really just wants someone at the front door to be like the hot dumb girl who just sits there and smiles and like lets the restaurant like burn behind her. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> um, but you know, bar owners. So. Did you say the kitchen part already? Oh no! And so everything was fine. Everyone was actually really happy. Like considering the volume and how many people we were trying to serve, um, I was impressed that everything went fine. Um, especially because only the sous chef was on that day because the line cooks called out. Um, so he's cooking food for 55 people by himself. One guy. One guy. <laughs> one guy. Um, and the only mistake he makes is he overcooks one dude's steak. Um, it was, like, way overdone. Like, it was a piece of shoe leather by that point. He obviously had just left it on the grill for too long. Um, and I said, you know what, we'll refire it. Not a problem. We won't charge you. It doesn't, like... Don't even worry about it. We'll get you a new one. But the second one came out, like, bloody. Mm. Like, oh, no. ag- like, still not right. Again, he was overwhelmed, so, you know, so, like, it, it happens. 
And this guy just, like, starts, like, laying into me. He was just, like, very upset. He's, like, it's my birthday. Why would you, like, victimize me like this? And I was, like, I'm sorry, sir. Like, we'll calm dessert. We'll calm drinks. But he basically was, like, I'm not. He's, like, I'm not paying for anything. Like, I'm going to walk out of this this restaurant. Um, wow. And I was, like, great. Give me. And he wanted someone more senior. He asked for a manager. I was, like, I'm effectively the only manager right now. And he was, like, no, I want someone more senior. He also definitely wanted to speak to a man. And I was like, okay, give me like one second. So I went up to the owner that like wasn't on. Um, and he very rudely was like, I'm not on. I don't want to deal with this. But I think when he heard the guy like continue to yell at me, he like finally stepped in and ended up having to like comp the whole thing and blamed both the kitchen and me for all of that. But then the server who was actually serving him, this was not my table, he said, did a fantastic job, which is just. Yeah, like goes to show you. Like, Yikes. Yeah. That's some BS right there. That was a great BS. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. Even though, like, I'm the one who spoke to the table and comped things and tried to fix it. But the server did a great job. Well, shit, man. Um, so, given that, like, that obviously wears on a person, right? And there's that's not the first time or only time it's happened to you. There's more or less a consistent stream of bullshit that anyone in a restaurant but particularly you and your position is putting up with that said how do you answer the goddamn phone so happy every time how do you just like thanks for calling <laughs> you know wouldn't that just I mean it sucks <laughs> the life out of you <laughs> like it's really funny because I feel like I use every bit of energy in my body, like, trying to be that person. And then sometimes when I'm talking to servers or talking to people in the kitchen, they're like, wow, you are such a bitch right now. I'm like, because all my energy just went to being, like, nice to these people who are really difficult. Um, especially when you get questions on the phone, like this other dude the other day who asked if we could cater for him. And I was like, oh, we don't do catering. And he's like, oh, so could you just make pasta for, like, 40 people and deliver it to me? And I was like... <laughs> Would be <laughs> like, oh, no. Also, he wanted it for Christmas Day, by the way. What in the world, man? He wanted pasta for 40 people delivered on Christmas Day. People are crazy. <laughs> you just do, just do delivery. <laughs> like, <laughs> take out fine dining. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We don't do catering. Oh, but uh, <laughs> do you do catering? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like not even the dumbest questions we get. What's so. the dumbest question you got? I mean, half the time, it's people trying to locate where we are, and they're literally, like, around the corner at the Starbucks, and I'm like, you can't see us? And, like, I've had to, like, with the phone, I step outside the building and, like, wave at the people, and I'm like, right here. Like, like, like traffic directing. Like, you can come this way now. Like, like they, so you see them, and they I can't... I can see them through the window, and they're it. on the phone, and they're like, I have no idea where your restaurant is. I've been going around the block for... 15 minutes and I'm like I can see like I can see the person on the phone like staring around me like and I'm like oh you're really close I think I can see you and after like five minutes of doing that it's just easier to like actually physically step outside the restaurant and like herd them in I'm right behind you <laughs> exactly <laughs> what's your phone answer what's like what you, what's your first line when you answer the phone um it's like hello the name of the restaurant like this is Alana how may I help you yeah is usually my standard um, the best is, oh, I wonder if I can say, well, there's a regular who is a friend of the owner whose name happens to be Mario, and when he calls, I see it on caller ID, and I always think it's hilarious, because I only just say, um, I only just say hello, because I know it's him, and then he always goes, it's a me, a Mario, and I'm always like, oh my god, <laughs> that's so good, does he not he do, do He does not know what, that, that he is doing that. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. what? He has, he's like legit from Italy and just he's, has an Italian accent. He's very Italian. Like he's very Italian. <laughs> and like he knows who I am, so when I see him on Call ID, like I don't give him the like, thank you for calling, like the restaurant. Yes. Like and and so he just got in the habit of being like, It's a me, and Mario. And I'm like, oh boy. I love it's that. Amazing. <laughs> So when I was working at Piatti and answering phones, we had to say, like, good morning, good evening, and good night in Italian when we answered the phone. Oh. And I was like, what? <laughs> I hate like, that. People are going to get so confused. They're going to be like, "What? who did I call here? Was it uh, the Brad Pitt accent? Buongiorno. Yeah, buongiorno. Oh Can you imagine if I like, spoke like that? 
So the owners don't know that I can speak Italian. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I took Italian in college. We had to take a language. And I didn't want to take Spanish anymore. So I started taking Italian. I lived in Italy for a year. They know none of this. Um, and I keep it that way because they speak in Italian in front of me all the time about uh, everyone. Oh, what's the best thing you've ever heard? Genius. What's the best thing you've ever heard? They called one of the servers. Um... I'm not going to say their name, but they called one of the servers um, a little asshole. And like right in front of it, like they're literally standing right in front. No, (laughs) they're literally standing right in front of said server and they're just laying into him and he has no idea. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. And I just had to like keep myself composed because I was so close to just bursting out laughing. And then I, then they said no. People who own restaurants are insane. Yes. They give zero shits. Yes, a hundred percent. You don't have to be a little crazy to work at the industry, and yeah, yeah. to own a restaurant, man, <laughs> you really gotta be crazy. But I just think it's fun. Like, yeah, they'll talk about everyone like right in front of them, because they just don't assume that anyone understands Italian. That's, really That's true. That's true. Sometimes I've heard him switch from English to Italian as I walk by them, yep. and then back to English as I'm walking mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I do that all the time. They do it all the time. I'm super jealous of that for sure. So, moving on, because I think I see I see my my co-podcasters here staring at the storyboard really intently. Um, so you talked about uh, dealing with servers earlier. Um, for one, this is kind of a question that I think we ask most people now: that uh, are servers the most entitled workers in America? The most entitled? <laughs> yes. I don't. I I do think they're very entitled and I find it really interesting when someone has been like a buzzer or like has been a host in the past and they still act that entitled like fully knowing that the people below them not only support them so much and do so much for them but that like they once had to do all that work too and it just sucks like especially for the buzzers um yeah true and that's the one thing that probably bothers me most um, especially when I have, like, this, like, weird pseudo-managerial position and, like, I am somewhat in charge of them, but at the same time get talked down to probably the most by servers out of any position at a restaurant. So that is a great lead into the next point, which is, one, how do you deal with these whiny babies whining <laughs> all the time? And two, uh, and this is going to relate to our advice segment that we run every week called Just the Tip. <laughs> For a server that wants to work you, maybe they want to get faced, maybe they want to get called off, maybe they want more tables, maybe what, what's the, what's the method, what's the route, how do you get that uh, all-powerful God card to work in your favor? Honestly, just be nice, just be uh, nice, the bar is super low, it's really low, <laughs> like just don't be a jerk, don't complain about the tables you get, I think that's like my number one pet peeve, like be happy you have a table, especially when it's slow. Like, I find that's when people get the pickiest, and they're sort of like, why'd you give me, like, this family with kids? It's always kids. No one wants to deal with kids, but the reality is people eat out with their kids, so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, someone has to take them. Or I love having kids. Really? Yeah, they're so easy. See, but uh, the, the servers see kids, and they think, mm-hmm. like, no money. You're they not going to make as mess. much money, but, like, they think, if you just goof around with their kids, yeah. their parents right. are automatically going to love you. They're going to be super low maintenance. They're going to get out yeah. of there super fast, and they're going to tip you well because you were nice to their kids. Like, it's so easy. Yeah, dude, there's there's some gold mines. Dude, if you, if for one, if their kids actually are well-behaved, at the end you say, hey, mom and dad, good job. Your kids really behave. Mm. Like, instant 25%. <laughs> fucking, yeah. like... They just beam if you compliment their children. Uh-huh. And it's it's true, it's easy. And yeah, once dinner's over, those kids are getting restless and they wanna get they wanna mm-hmm. dip, man. Mm-hmm. You can just tell the parents are like getting up already. Yeah. Like half standing, like, <laughs> or it's like, like the a child by the ankle, like <laughs> the mom will like take all the kids to the car and the dad's just oh, sitting yeah. there so like, like <laughs> parents aren't bothered. <laughs> so true. Otherwise, I'd say, like, I don't know, for me, I know what server's strengths are. So, like, it's kind of hard to, like, like sway me because I know what people are capable of and it's in my best interest since, like, they keep an eye, such a close eye on, like, reviews and, like, they're on me about, like, making sure everyone's so happy that, like, 
when a server's like, oh, like, I can take, like, the 20 top. I'm like, mm, no, you can't. <laughs> I don't budge. Like, I, I just won't because I know I've gotten, I've gotten burned for that, like, giving people the benefit of the doubt and then having the party just sink. Did I ever burn you? No. Sweet. Not yet. Okay. You have time. Good time. All right. Every uh, every time we have a coworker of Joey's on, it always comes down to like not looking for validation, but he just wants to know. Oh, it's totally looking for validation. Okay, straight straight up. I'm not going to be Although denying that, about that. That one <laughs> private party when I first started oh, working that, there, that was bad. That was bad. Was and, that and Max had to come in. Yeah, not my fault. It was my fault. It was no, it that was, was the wine one. Yeah, yeah, that was that was mm. that. That was, was the one time was I was like Joey. Very not good. We heard about that. I could have show. done more to prevent what happened, but I did not do what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's anyway. still not resolved. Fun fact. What? Oh my god. Okay, podcasters have no idea what's going on, so we'll have to talk about this. They've heard the story. We th- I told. Th- oh, I did tell yeah. the story. Yeah. Huh? The story where the guy where you sold all the wine. And the guy was like two and a half hours after his first guess, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 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 Previously on Shifties. Throwback. What's They're still. They're still contesting the bill. Well, they didn't even pay all of it. I know. They, they, they got an $800 discount. I know. And they're contesting more? Yes. Yeah. I hope that dude gets hit by a truck. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I do that. Uh, <laughs> That's another side note about, like, we have a very specific clientele because of where we are located. <laughs> and that, I find, is probably to blame for most bad reviews that we get. Because we get a lot of people in the tech industry who have no social skills and also no real knowledge of dining out and being respectful. Or, or conversational Conversational. Norms. Yeah. When you go to like pour water and you're trying to make conversation and it's just like a pin drop. Like you cannot get them to even make eye contact with you. That's so uncomfortable. It's so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. All right, well... Uh, moving on now, you so you mentioned you have to keep track of bad reviews, and so we we haven't done this segment in a little while. We still don't have a name for it, but it's something like Yelby Obi Wan Yelby Obi Wan Kenobi or my only hope. <laughs> and um, since you have to f- closely follow reviews, uh, we consulted you on this. We got an amazing review about you and wanted your response to it. Here, let me. I'll, I'll read this one out. <clears throat> uh, this is just, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Never met a ruder person. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to sit for happy hour. Never had anyone look at me that way. I feel so threatened. Don't go there. There is an exclamation point after every sentence of that review. Um, no reference in this, in this thing. Like it, it, it's like referring to the restaurant as if it's the person. Yes. Um, just never had anyone look at me that way. It does not refer to who the one is. Uh, and I think the biggest kicker is that threatened um, is kind of funny because a lot of you are 5'1", you said. Mm-hmm. Very unassuming and nice person. Um, don't, aside from the whole Arya of Game of Thrones thing, maybe they're afraid you would assassinate them, but... <laughs> Other than that, I don't see how someone could get threatened and, like, shooting daggers. What What do you think happened here? What was the context? So, I remember this woman because she's very strange, speaking of, like, lack of social skills. Um, walks into a restaurant, doesn't, like, you say hi, hello, like, for us it's a interesting, we always have to, when there's happy hour, kind of leave with this, like, song and dance where we're not allowed to use the term happy hour, but be like, would you like to sit in the bar? Like, basically implying, do you want to pay full price right now or not? Uh-huh. Essentially. Got it. Um, but we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to promote our happy hour. Like, we're supposed to promote full dinner, more money, of course. Um, so this woman comes in, and this is when we still had our patio open. This is still kind of warm out. And she wants to sit alone at a table on our patio, which seat four. They're like giant tables just for happy hour, which we typically don't do because you're losing a lot of money giving that table away for someone who could just sit at the bar and have happy hour. And so she kind of, she doesn't get it because she doesn't have social skills. And so I'm sort of like, okay, I was like, we don't have a table cleaned off right now. Like, give me a moment. I'll go outside and clear it off for you. And she's. She seemed fine. I left her at the front, and about a minute later, 
after I've grabbed like a sani rag and clean settings, she's standing over me as I'm bussing this table, <laughs> and she's like, "What's taking so long?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah." And I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm like getting it together. Like, give me just a moment." It happens to be the last table on our patio, which is at the very end and kind of slightly around a corner. And she complains that I'm isolating her because she's just a single woman. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is the only table we have. She points to another table that she thinks is open, but I know that people still have their stuff there and are still dining there. And she goes, I want to sit there. And I was like, you can't. People are still dining there. They're probably just in the restroom. At that point, she's like, okay, whatever. And sits down at the dirty table that I am still bussing. And I get her all set up and go back inside. And then the next thing you know, the server who was assigned to that table asks me if I sat anyone there. And I said, yeah, just a single woman. And he goes, well, she's missing. And so is the table setting. And I was like, what? Uh, I no go back way. outside and she had left and she took the glass, the plate, the silverware with her. Like she had all these shopping bags and I know she probably just slid it all in there. And then because she was already outside the restaurant, just got up and left whoa was this a homeless person no like she was she came from the seahawks game like she had like a seahawks jersey on um and had clearly been shopping downtown like had nordstrom bags and everything like was not homeless was just insane huh. and the so and she wrote that on yelp but she also wrote an email to the restaurant complaining about me and this is like my second week working If you there. want your table setting back, fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, never want to see it again. It was like my second week working there and like got called into the office. And like the one thing that saved me was that server being like, no, she did nothing wrong. Like this woman stole our silverware. <laughs> like she was insane. And she still had the audacity to like write a review, even though she couldn't use like words to communicate with me when she was in the actual restaurant. And she stole shit. You're gonna write a review of yeah. a place you stole from and didn't buy anything? Yeah. What the fuck? Also, our silverware is so cheap. Like, what does she think she's getting away with? Everything we have is so cheap. Like, that's true. I'm just so, like, flattered. She also, like, man. took glasses, just like, like a water and a wine glass, and, like, put them in her bag and walked away with them. Maybe Who does she's that? a klepto? I don't know. Maybe those shopping bags were, were some illicit <laughs> shopping bags. Yeah. But this woman was such a piece of work. Dude, that's people need love in their life, man. <laughs> Stop isolating her just because she's single. That's single shaming. Come on. I tried to put her at the bar so she could mingle. No. <laughs> I was trying to do her a favor. Well, that's probably the best Yelp review story I've heard thus far. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty uh, insane. When yeah. I used to work at a bakery in New York, I one review about me that at the time I had framed in my apartment was someone who called me, as a barista, called me a hipster Disney princess. What does that <laughs> even mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's frame-worthy for sure. Was your hair short at the time too? No, I had like really long hair and I, I don't know what about me said. I mean, I guess I do kind of have hipster glasses when I wear my glasses, but like... They did not like the latte I made them, and that was that was the. Hipster Disney princess, yeah. damn. I almost feel like that's not quite an insult. It's like a. Is it? Not that? quite. It's not quite an insult. <laughs> I mean, maybe the definition of hipster is different from east to west, but if you're calling someone a hipster nowadays and you think that's an insult, like, I don't. Know, I think we've moved past that. It's yeah. not. It's not 2015. I guess anymore. he he was just like complaining about like it was like service was so slow. The like person who made my coffee, this Disney hipster princess was rude and it wasn't very good and I was like okay whatever <laughs> like, Jam. I don't really know what to do with that comment good thing we all take Yelp so seriously and agonize over what people on the internet say about us anonymously <laughs> <laughs> alright well speaking so I don't know if you intended to do this but yeah he did East Coast versus West Coast is our off menu segment today <laughs> so we always talk about something that's not necessarily service related and you are best qualified to speak on this of anybody we've talked to so far cool. so which do you like better and why? Ooh. We could go East Coast people, West Coast people. We could do the locations themselves. West Coast people are better. Word. <laughs> always will be. Because um, they're just like, East Coast people are always at a 10. Like, <laughs> West Coast people are like more at 5. And that's more my like speed. 10 is a lot all the time. Um, 
I do. New York is like an amazing city, though. New York's too cool. Is it? Like it's, I don't know. I think if you it's think awesome. It, like it's huge. It is huge. There's nothing else like it. Why is it too cool? It's not too cool. You just in like that. a bad way. Oh, it's not oh, too cool. Oh, see, I thought you meant like, it in a bad way. No, no, no. Like it's too cool. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. It's not too. So cool. it's too cool <laughs> to be cool. <laughs> yeah. New York's great. I've never been there. I would yeah. love to live in New York. I've not been. for long term, a couple years, but yeah, like, like, I could do a couple burnout. years. I'm with you there too. Yeah, it's too much. You like, burn out. Like it's. I was living in a tiny really old ass apartment. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I lived in a one bedroom apartment an hour and a half outside of Manhattan that we had put like. So one person basically lived in like the living room that we had put like a partition wall around mm-hmm. and then we took the like master bedroom and put a wall through the middle of it as well and we were still each paying $1,100. No way. Oh there gosh. were three of you? Three of us. Paying 1100 each for one bedroom. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Dude. Honestly, until this moment, I kind of thought about going to New York at some point in my life <laughs> yeah. but now I'm not anymore. Yeah, it's, it's legitimately insane in terms of like rent. Like if you want, if you can live in New Jersey and commute in, then like, yeah, you'll, that's great but wow an hour and a half away from Manhattan and like if you work late sucks like especially when the trains stop running regularly you're like yeah wow for context I've never paid more than $500 for rent in Seattle never? that's pretty good never that's lucky I've been very fortunate for sure but yeah I think that's but most for the most part the average I think is like 7, 8 for your own room in the city. Yeah. Really? That seems a little low to me. If you're sharing a house, which is like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're do. sharing a house, that's the really the way to do it. If you're Seattle. paying your own rent, though, yeah. You can't share a house cool. in New York, though. I don't even... Do they know the houses exist there? Yeah, <laughs> they do. I mean, like, like, Brooklyn, outside of, like, Williamsburg. Like, like there, there's residential Brooklyn, like, mm. residential Queens. But, I mean, you're talking a lot further out. Really mm. hard to commute from. And I would imagine those are insanely expensive, too. Y- yeah. Um, I mean, you could probably get, like, a bedroom in Queens for, like, $900, but also you're commuting from Queens, and if the whole point of being in New York is to be in, like, the center of everything, right? Like, I mean, why live in the suburb of New York, I guess, would be my question. Because you can live in any suburb. Right. You could pay, like, $200 more and be in, like, yes, a gentrified part of Brooklyn, which is what we did. But, I mean, at least you're closer to things and, like, you're in, like, the thick of it. Like, I don't know why you'd want to live in suburbia if you're going to be in New York City. Sure. So staying on the East versus West, this is one that I really want to get into because I'm, I'm an East Coaster myself, and I want to know your opinion on which is better food-wise. Which side of the coast has better food? So one of the things I missed most when I moved to New York, I, I think their produce is just suckier. Like mm. produce <laughs> on the West Coast is amazing, and you don't realize it till you leave, <laughs> and you're like, man, like, and because we're so close to California too, right. and it's just everything is avocados on the East Coast are terrible. Oh yeah, they're a travesty. They're for they're sure horrible. So bad. Yeah, like that's one of those things, but. Going out to eat, like, restaurant-wise, like, I don't think anything beats New York. Mm. Also, just the variety and how late everything is open. Like, nothing in Seattle is open that late, food-wise. That's true. Like, it's really hard to find food at 2 in the morning here. Yeah, well, at least quality. Quality food, food right. Yeah, yeah. like, like four, four spots tops. Exactly. So. Um, whereas in New York, like, everything's open late. And, like, mm. n- any sort of, like, kind of food you can mm. imagine is open late. And nothing is more than, like, 20 minutes away from you if you really want it. So. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. sick. Although, in one sense, <laughs> you know, I don't want to work that late. <laughs> Someone has to be working that late. Is it worth it? Is it worth the human toll? <laughs> I mean... They got a lot of people, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Eight million of them. Does someone really need to work the best shift from, like, 3 in the morning <laughs> to 6 a.m.? Like, no one needs... No one needs hey man, minutes. I've been there at that time, so yeah. So yeah, you're guess right. What? If I went there and I couldn't get and a six a.m. Like they're making bank. Like mm-hmm. if you work in that shift. Oh yeah. Yeah. So many coked out, just like Tuesday drunk, night like... at four twenty eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're just like out back smoking weed at that point. They're yeah, just probably. like chilling yeah. with whoever else is there. Oh, maybe I should work at Best. <laughs> <laughs> Weird man, and and lady. Um, what uh, we got? We got anything else? 
Well, <laughs> um, I just choked uh, my water. Um, oh man. East versus West. So you, so oh, if, if you had to pick one to live for the rest mm. of your life, East Coast, West Coast. West Coast. Oh, okay, for sure. Yeah. That would agree. Yeah, but I mean, I've also only ever lived in New York City. Which is, like, a very, like, specific form of East Coast, you know? I can't think of a city I'd rather live in than New York on the East Coast. Yeah. For sure. I've been to Philadelphia. I Boston's dope. I would never live in Philadelphia. I would never live in Boston. Florida, dude. That would be, like, the only other area that I would consider. Because Florida's, like, the fucked up redneck California. But their, <laughs> their cities are cool. Really? Yeah. The food's really good if you're into, like, Cuban and, like, Latin-influenced oh, food. Boston. And uh, they don't stop. They don't sleep. They're also like, the South, though, dude. You, I, okay. Well, the, the cities like, are bubbles, though. The further and half of the state is. But like, yeah. I feel like the further you go south, the more like... Tampa is amazing. South. Tampa's really chill. And it does not feel like you're in the South. It feels like you're just kind of, you know, in a major city. I just, I just mean, like, okay, what I what I typically connotate with the East Coast is the Northeast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Southeast. Just like... Yeah, I mean, I guess California. You count SoCal as West Coast, and SoFlo should be East Coast. But yeah, <laughs> I thought about Vermont for a while. Mm. I feel like Vermont could be cool. I don't know anything about it. I know that Bernie Sanders is from Vermont. That is. That's it. <laughs> Very chill. It's got a lot of old money, but it's like old blue money. Hmm. So I think they got they've got weed soon. Legal weed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Bernie. Yeah. yeah. Totally Killing it. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you, Alana. Welcome. Thanks for listening to Shifties. Wait, this I'm, has been our guest, Alana. Do we have one more question for us? I want one more thing, because I haven't served in a long time. Um, it's been like two years. But when I did serve, yeah. my phrase the whole time was, these hosts ain't loyal. <laughs> these hosts ain't loyal. But you've been a pretty good host, so I have to say, I can't sing that anymore. I can't say that these hosts ain't loyal anymore. Wow. That's Look at that. Bonding. I'm honestly really confused now because we're hosting. She's a guest. Oh, shoot. Talking about being a host. This is really meta. Oh, God. (laughs) We're hosting a host? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. (laughs) I'm Andrew. Also known as Cold Cut. (laughs) I'm Wallace. I'm Joey. And I'm Alana. Bye. It's been our privilege to serve you. Oh, yeah, that's right.